2: Check out liveone.com slash best music for details.
3: Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at cbgairport.com.
0: Time for some of the news that didn't necessarily make the news this morning. How often do you lie? We're going to break down the numbers. Are beer goggles real? If you're going shopping while you want, you might want to take your shrink with you. Also, five things that are actually not more expensive than they were 30 years ago. You know, we always talk about the rising cost of this, the rising cost of that. Some things actually cost less. We'll explain. It is Monday, the last day of April 2018. We're Jeff and Jen, and here it is, your news that didn't make the news on Cincinnati's Q102. Now, I probably don't need to tell you that beer goggles are real. You know, when you uh, look back on your... Sketchy history of questionable decisions, that might be enough proof. (laughs) But it could be more complicated than we realized. According to a new survey out of the University of Pittsburgh, beer goggles are real, and after even one drink, people start to seem more attractive.
1: (laughs) One drink is all it takes?
0: Just one.
1: That's pretty good.
0: But the researchers took it one step further. They believe that those beer goggles are the main reason why people drink.
1: That's the only reason we drink is because people get more attractive?
0: They think it might be the main reason why people drink. Wow. Social interactions are actually (laughs) improved when people are perceived as attractive. When you perceive someone as more attractive, you're more likely to interact with them or be open to interacting with them. So alcohol's effects on perceptions of attractiveness may lead individuals to derive more rewards from social interactions while intoxicated. This is especially good for people that don't normally like to go out and interact with people. It's in other words, it's more fun to hang out with people when you're drunk and they look good. And that inspires you to keep going out and drinking and so. looking good. And uh, at least uh, feeling like you're looking good. Uh, this is interesting. You know, I've never heard anybody say this before and I don't know that we'll ever say it again after today, but maybe your washing machine really has been stealing all of your socks these all these years and maybe we do know where to find them because there's a photo going viral on Twitter that supposedly shows what happened when a landlord removed the bottom panel uh from one of the washing machines in her building there was a compartment down there and it was packed with socks <laughs> And just random socks, you know, and not like a full pair. It would be like a sock from this pile and a sock from that pile. So could it be possible that all of your missing socks are actually trapped in some hidden compartment in the bottom of your washing machine?
1: I believe this. I'm in. Totally. Because I don't understand like how sometimes you do just end up with one. You know what I mean?
3: When you you know that you put two in there.
1: Yes. You're like, they look, they're pink, they're bright. Where did it go?
0: Yeah, if you have an older washing machine and dryer, it could be worth opening it up to take a look. But newer machines are made a little bit tighter, so there's not as much space for things to fall through the cracks. But yeah,
1: and this one has like hundreds wow. of socks in it.
0: Rich just pulled up the photo. Fritch Isn't is, that crazy? It's just pouring
3: out the bottom. They are. Yeah, I just th- throw them away. That's just a poorly made washing machine What right do you there? guys
1: do with your extra
3: well, sock that you find? My initial thought was the ones that were missing probably Steve got.
1: Oh, yeah. The dog.
3: But if there's just one and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this, I just give it to him because he thinks it's neat. <laughs> it's a new
0: toy. What yeah. do you do with yours?
3: He's that entertained
0: by it. If I find, usually I'll find an extra sock. You know, I look at it differently. Like, Not that I'm this? missing a sock, <laughs> that I got a bonus sock. <laughs>
1: Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
0: I'll just put this aside for when I need it. <laughs> I know, we
1: have like a little area like on top of the washer that has just all the of these randoms. And then I'm like, what are we going to do with these? Nothing.
3: Also, I am the guy that wears ones that don't match. I'm like, well, this one's missing one and that one's missing one. Fold them together. Might as well
1: put them together.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I could go every day with different match socks and nobody would ever know. Whoever well, that's looks kind at your of your a socks...
1: hip thing to do. All the kids are doing it these days.
0: It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have found plenty of weird glitches with Siri over the years, but this is one of the more unexpected ones, especially since she and Apple are so against anything that might be considered dirty or questionable, a guy on Reddit just found that you can get Siri to drop a surprise F-bomb with a very innocent request. He found that if you ask Siri to define the word mother, she'll tell you the basic dictionary definition, but then she'll ask you if you want to hear another definition, because there's often more than one definition for each word. Right. Uh, would you like to hear another definition and then you answer yes if you yes, say Siri, yes I would. Right Siri will respond that the mother is quote short for mother effer.
1: Yes and <laughs> wow. we did it this morning on my phone and it did exactly this
0: Yeah Hey Siri <laughs> no,
3: no You have your Hey Siri off
0: Oh. I so, have mine on Oh yours is Give
1: you me the answer Yours ask is her? Don't,
0: No don't <laughs> <laughs> No We've already tried it we know that it works um, uh, <laughs> it looks like it's happening because Siri pulls the definition from the Oxford Dictionary, which lists that second definition as, quote, vulgar slang, slang, vulgar slang. So you can try it out for yourself on your iPhone, even though there's a chance Apple will probably patch it up before you know. They
1: haven't fixed it yet. I mean, we, I just did it this morning, so I'm kind of surprised. It's
0: probably going to come with how the quick. next update. The next yeah. update. There'll be an update by tonight. Today. Yeah. yeah. All right, this is some, uh, you want to talk about, you know, first world problems. This is some rich people BS right here. Apparently, personal stylists and shopping consultants aren't good enough for rich people now. Now they've found a way to pay someone even more to go shopping with them. Now they're hiring shopping psychologists. Women are literally taking psychologists with them when they go shopping to help them find clothes that make them feel good mentally. Not just physically. Anya Schwartzman is a clinical psychologist in New York City. And she just launched her, quote, personal wardrobe consultancy service. It costs $250 an hour.
1: Wow. I need to get into this.
0: Which is more than what most people would pay for just going to see a shrink.
3: Yeah. I I was initially going to say, you know, Jen's out today. She's sick. But I would see her investigating that as a shopping thing as a
1: person now,
3: as we talked it out loud and you said, we got to get into that. She would be great at doing that.
1: She would be good at doing that. And it pays well more shopping for her. Although I think if she went shopping with someone else, she might spend that $250 on herself One for me, one for you Yep. while they're out (laughs) together. That looks great. We should buy it.
0: And the person hiring her would never see their money again. Because she would just be like, yeah, go go for it. Buy yeah. it. Yeah, get it. She's a yeser, for sure. It costs $250 an hour. And for that money, she'll help find clothes that work with your mental state. <laughs> she says she mostly works with women who are in, you know, some kind of transition phase in life. Like maybe she just got divorced or maybe she's a new mom. And so this woman is trying to make shopping therapeutic.
3: <laughs> like. Like, does
0: anybody really need that service? Can you imagine? Because you don't spend enough money on stuff. Now you're going to pay someone $250 an hour to.
1: To tell you you look good in it.
0: Yeah. Or even, you know, to maybe tell you, you know what, that's that's probably, you don't need to be spending that money on that. Spend it on me. <laughs> $250 an hour.
1: I mean, you've already spent more money and like on that person than I would probably in an entire shopping trip, mm-hmm. you know? Agreed.
0: True story. Hey, this is kind of cool. The Waffle House in Nashville, where the shooting happened last weekend, reopened on Wednesday. And what's cool about it is that the owners are stepping up to help the victims' families. All the money they make at that location over the next month is being donated to the families of the four people who were killed.
1: For the next month?
0: Yes. And wow. uh, it's going to the four people who were killed, the families of the four people who were killed, and two other people who were seriously injured. It's not clear how much money they bring in each month, so I couldn't tell, I couldn't give you a dollar amount. Uh, no way to tell how much each family is getting. But they're also accepting donations from any customers who want to help out. And speaking of helping, we did note James Shaw Jr. is the guy who grabbed the shooter's gun and stopped him from killing more people. You may recall he started a GoFundMe campaign for the victims' families last week, and it just passed the $200,000 mark yesterday. So a lot of people stepping up to help these families. It does seem like everything is more expensive than it used to be, right? Oh my goodness, the prices. What would that have cost 20, 30 years ago, we ask ourselves. But the truth is, it's not always the case, especially when you adjust for inflation. There are at least five things that we thought of that have actually gotten cheaper in the last 30 years. Or, if not cheaper, stayed about the same. For instance, computers. You realize a a Macintosh PC in the 1980s, which at the time I thought was the greatest computer of all time, this is the greatest invention ever. (laughs) You can do everything. I didn't have one, but my friend did. And I got to use it all the time for homework and for writing papers and stuff. In the 1980s, a Macintosh cost $2,500.
1: Was that the one that we used to play on at school and stuff that had the Oregon Trail and all that noise?
0: It depends on which. I don't know what you played on at school. Every school system is different. Our age group, Rich, we probably were on the Apple IIe.
1: Oh, I think that might have been yeah. it. It was kind of yellowy looking.
0: Mm-hmm. But this particular computer, the Macintosh, cost $2,500 in the 1980s, which is like $6,000 today. Can you imagine paying that much for a computer? No, new Apple desktops start at thirteen hundred bucks now, or you could even just get a Dell for four hundred bucks. Yeah, that's true. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Movie tickets. Okay, let's talk about the average price. I'm. Uh, this is why I'm always kind of like I kind of roll my eyes every time I hear about box office records being smashed because in my mind, well, as long as ticket prices go up, of course, it's going to gross more money than the previous. Blockbuster yeah. did a year or two or three ago. Well, like just because o- ticket prices are more expensive.
1: Well, like just over the weekend, so Avengers: Infinity War made two hundred and fifty million dollars in just the weekend.
0: Right, but ticket prices are also higher today than they were back then. Back then, so I'm always factoring that. And what I want to hear is how many tickets were sold. Sold. Now, the average cost of a movie. Get into a movie for an adult. Adult movie admission ticket was three dollars fifty five cents in nineteen eighty five, three fifty. With inflation, that would be eight dollars compared to eight dollars ninety seven cents for an average ticket today. So it's actually stayed pretty steady when you factor in inflation. But I remember when I worked at a movie theater in high school, people would complain, you know, to the guy behind the counter, who was me. Mm-hmm. Serving up the popcorn. Oh, the prices! And the prices were ridiculous when you think about what they were paying for concessions. Yeah, popcorn, for sure. a drink, candy. And I asked my manager about it one time. I'm like, "Why is it so expensive? It just seems ridiculous." I mean, you can get into a movie for you know three fifty or four dollars for a matinee or whatever it is, and then you know they're spending in some cases four or five times that for concessions. He said, "Because we only actually make five percent off of every movie ticket we sell."
3: Because they have to pay for that film to be in their right. theater, right? And so it's they...
0: ridiculous. It all goes to the studio, fees. the distributor, all these fees. Yeah, yeah. he says concessions. Concessions is where we make our money. That's why the markup is so ridiculous.
1: Well, especially like this Avengers movie. I think Jen said on Friday it was like eighty-two stars. Of what, I mean, people that you would know are in it. So they got them. I mean, how are they paying? That's going to cost a
0: lot of money to make. Yeah. Yeah. So they gotta gross, you know, around a billion dollars just to see a, a modest profit. Let's talk about gasoline. We just saw gasoline prices spike. Oh, why is gas so expensive? In the mid nineteen eighties, the average price of gas was a buck twelve a gallon. Imagine spending that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'd love to spend that. But with, if you adjust it to inflation, you know what that is? How much? Two dollars sixty three cents. Oh,
1: the same.
0: Yeah, the national average is about two seventy seven. So it's still pretty close to what it was.
1: That ju- that's one thing that like I have a bigger SUV and it has to like it requires the ninety three or whatever, and that is expensive gas, people. Yeah, That's what I like so much about my Kroger fuel points. I'm like, yep, deduct, deduct, deduct. I remember
3: (laughs) my first car's gas tank was 33 gallons.
1: See, I think mine's 24. Does that sound right? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Insane.
3: Now,
0: I didn't know. Did the price of stamps go up to 50 cents?
3: I think, yeah, they're around 50 or 51.
0: I thought it was 47. Anyway.
1: I I always buy that forever one. (laughs) Me
0: too. The reason I'm asking is because in the mid-1980s, it used to cost 22 cents to mail a letter. Now it's $0.50, cents, but with inflation, to mail a letter has actually gotten cheaper. $0.22 cents would be $0.52 cents today. A gallon of milk cost an average of $1. nine in 1985. That would be $2.56 with inflation. Today, today the average is $1.90, so it's actually much cheaper than it was. And eggs are cheaper too. $1.38 today compared to two thirty-nine then with inflation. Now something that has skyrocketed in price are newspapers. I'll give you an example. The New York Times, one of the biggest newspapers in the country. It used to cost forty cents back in the mid eighties, but or about a dollar with inflation. But in this day and age, it's three bucks. And homes are much more expensive too. The average home today is three hundred and seventy seven thousand dollars. Whoa. Compared to $96,000 $96,000 in the mid-80s. If you were to adjust $96,000 in the mid-80s to today's numbers, it would still only be $226,000 with inflation.
1: That's incredible. Who can afford, I mean, like that much for a home? An That's average home price,
0: yeah. $377,000. A lot of big city properties, though, that are yeah. you know, raising Driving that, that average, I'm thinking. Like
1: in San Francisco, where it's San Francisco, Boston, expensive. New
0: York, places where real estate is really high. But keep in mind, homes are also bigger now. The average size of a home in the mid-1980s was 1,800 square feet. Oh, Today, yeah. it's 2,700. Well, it's a I think lot it's, bigger. it's
3: interesting when I'm out showing families homes, they'll say, oh, you know, will we have one child and we... We might have one more, so we definitely need four bedrooms in like twenty six hundred square feet. <laughs> meanwhile, 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 I'm thinking. Well, my parents had five, you know, yeah. five siblings, and they were living in eleven 1, hundred square yeah. feet. And there it, was no, there was no spare room.
0: I know. They Our all needs. slept in one
3: bed and one room.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Our needs versus wants have yeah. really evolved since yeah. 1985, haven't they? Thanks
3: I? for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show podcast. Brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at cbgairport.com.